from Wyoming Public Media. This, 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 is, this is spoken. Spoken. Spoken words. Spoken words. This is spoken words. I'm Micah Schweitzer. I don't think there can be a perfect trail. I mean, they're kind of always imperfect things, or, or maybe they're perfecting. They never become perfect because they're never finished. And that's one of the things I love about them. In this episode, we'll hear about trails, the ones we make and the ones we follow. Robert Moore's first book is titled On Trails. Moore's relationship with trails began with his decision to hike the Appalachian Trail from start to finish, a 2,181-mile-long journey. That gave him plenty of time to reflect on the path beneath his own feet. It all starts on a through-hike I made of the Appalachian Trail in 2009. I started to notice that the trail was a kind of curious thing, you know, that it changed a lot more. It was a lot more fluid than I thought it was. I noticed when the trail wasn't very elegant, people would make a shortcut, and they would create a new trail, and that new trail sometimes became the main trail. And this process, you know, when I started to zoom out a little bit and notice, I saw it happening everywhere. I noticed that there were these game trails through the forest, you know, a a deer trail, for example, that was doing the same thing. And it suddenly occurred to me that all of us species on earth are just trying to find our way across this vast, chaotic landscape of life. And that trails are this really beautiful thing that we have that allows us to winnow that chaos down to to one elegant structure. Moore started writing about his personal experience with the Appalachian Trail, but as the project grew, it began to take on a different shape. So I initially thought I would write a book about the AT, and, and then, you know, as I went around and told people about my idea of writing this book about the Appalachian Trail, I quickly realized that the world didn't really need another book about the Appalachian Trail by some random white guy. I'd initially thought I would have a little subsection about trails and all the things I've noticed that I'd weave into my story of the Appalachian Trail. And eventually that file on my computer became so big that it was actually bigger than my other information about the Appalachian Trail. And I realized the whole idea kind of flipped on its head. And I realized I had this book about trails, that the Appalachian Trail is a small portion within it. And then it really click. But it was also kind of a terrifying moment because I realized that this idea was so big that it was going to take me a long time to write. On Trails begins with the paths made by prehistoric organisms and follows the evolution of trails all the way through the development of the virtual trails of the internet. From the biology, history, and philosophy of pathways, Moore widens the reader's understanding of what a trail can be. Of course, everyone knows a trail when you see one because it's a kind of line of dirt running through the forest. But then there are also these other trails that we recognize, for example, pheromone trails of insects, paths we follow through life, philosophical paths, their neural pathways. We use this term in a lot of ways. And so it's a little bit tricky to define, but the way that I like to define a trail is that it is a linear structure that we follow and in following that we change, which then leaves a new structure for people coming behind us, for them to follow. It's it's not a very tidy definition, but in that way, our trails become part of our culture and they're, they're woven into our culture in all sorts of fascinating ways. They take on meaning and really we use them to stitch together our world. 
Moore is especially interested in the ways trails transform over time. Here he reads from a section of his book that looks at how old Cherokee footpaths are now used in modern infrastructure. One frost-laced morning, I went trail hunting with a historian named Lamar Marshall. He was slowly piecing together a map of all the major footpaths of the ancient Cherokee homeland, and he had a new route he wanted to inspect. Wrapped in layers of warm clothing, which we would gradually peel off as the day wore on, we walked down a gravel path through the forests of the North Carolina foothills. The sky was pale, cool, and distant. Down the hill from us ran Fires Creek, which slid slowly to meet the fat, muddy tail of the Hiawassee River. Few Americans can say with any certainty that they have seen an old Native American trail, but almost everyone has seen the ghost of one and even traveled along it. For example, Marshall told me, the highway we'd taken to get to reach these mountains had once been a noted Cherokee trail, stretching hundreds of miles from present-day Asheville to Georgia. The next road we turned onto had been a trail once too, as had hundreds of other roads in the surrounding hills. Marshall estimated that 85% of the total length of the old Native American trails in North Carolina had been paved over. This phenomenon generally holds true across the continent, but more so in the densely forested east. As Seymour Dunbar wrote in A History of Travel in America, practically the whole present-day system of travel and transportation in America east of the Mississippi River, including many turnpikes, is based upon or follows the system of forest paths established by the Indians hundreds of years ago. That system of paths is arguably the grandest buried cultural artifact in the world. For many indigenous people, trails were not just a means of travel, they were the veins and arteries of culture. For societies relying on oral tradition, the land served as a library of botanical, zoological, geographical, etymological, ethical, genealogical, spiritual, cosmological, and esoteric knowledge. In guiding people through that wondrous archive, trails became a rich cultural creation and a source of knowledge in themselves. Although that system of knowledge has been largely subsumed by empire and entombed in asphalt, threads of it can still be found running through the forest, if only one knows where to look. As he explores how trails are purposed and repurposed, Moore challenges assumptions about the way that they've been developed. You will often hear an old truism, which is that the roads follow Native American paths and the Native American paths followed game trails. And so that's true. In many cases, that holds true that all of us are trying to find the easiest way to get from one point to another, the lowest pass over the mountains, the shallowest ford across a river. But Actually, when you look at it more closely, the Native American trail network was something much more complex than what bison were making or deer. It was really a part of their culture, and it was woven into their lore and their sense of spirituality. So a Native American trail, for example, might detour to go to a certain cave or a certain mountaintop that had spiritual significance that, of course, a deer would never follow. He explains that while hiking trails seem like they've been around forever— Hiking is actually a fairly modern idea that not everyone takes part in. The act of putting on a backpack and going out in the woods just to experience the woods or experience the mountains in a sort of aesthetic way or in a spiritual, quasi-spiritual way, 
is very specific to our particular culture and our particular moment in history dating back two or three hundred years or so. That was something I realized while I was hanging around in Cherokee country talking with people as I would ask them, you know, where are all the Cherokee hikers? I want to interview some people who are out hiking. And they said, well, hiking is not really something we do. You know, that's kind of not our thing. I finally found a Cherokee hiker named Gil Jackson, who believes he's the first full-blooded Cherokee to hike the full length of the Appalachian Trail. And he said, when I was growing up, you know, we were in the woods all the time, but we weren't hiking. That's a very cultural thing. That's a specific thing that Westerners and predominantly white people do. And I'd never really thought of it like that before, because it seems like such a natural thing, as we were saying. It's a way to commune with nature. Moore sees hiking as a response to changes in the world around us. Really, hiking goes hand in hand with the rise of industrialism and the rise of urbanism. It's only once we get these big polluted cities and a feeling that nature is vanishing, that the wilderness is vanishing, that we start going out into the wilderness to experience it intentionally in this highly aestheticized way. And so what you see are the rise of long-distance trails like the Appalachian Trail that are springing up around the world. They're in many, many countries now. You have them in Chile, in New Zealand. Uh, I know there's one in Israel. Because people are feeling the need to not just go hiking, but to take these long hikes. For more, trails are more than just a dirt path for people to walk on. The trails we make, he says, can change the world. I started to realize that if you look at things through a trail lens, you see that, in fact, all of us in walking across this earth and living on this earth are transforming it. And in fact, what the planet is, is the cumulative result of all of those transformations. And so it takes some of the guilt out of making a trail, of of leaving a trace. You know, we live in this era now, which I fully support of leave no trace ethics, and yet Part of Leave No Trace is uh, walking on durable surfaces, right? It means creating trails. Sometimes you need a trail in order to minimize your impact elsewhere. So the question becomes not if we transform the woods while passing through them, but how. Are we going to transform them wisely and in a sort of minimal way, or are we going to transform them recklessly and radically? This episode was produced by August Law and Caroline Ballard. I'm Micah Schweitzer. You can find more episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spoke, and other podcast platforms. You can also listen at our website, wyomingpublicmedia.org. And we'd love it if you'd leave a rating or review to help other people find the show. Spoken Words is a collaboration between the University of Wyoming's MFA in Creative Writing Program and Wyoming Public Media.